Welcome to the second episode of Grown Up Game Plan. Uh, my name is Bill Porter. I am here with a good friend of mine and uh, expert on all things mind and body, uh, Carl Alexander. So, Carl, thank you for coming. Thank you, Bill. I'm honored to be here. Yeah. Um, so, this field has always been interesting to me, especially as someone who, you know, did collegiate athletics and focuses a lot on diet, nutrition, essentially fitness overall, um, how the body works. And I've always been fascinated with it. And I think when, when I learned about what you were doing, um, I got knocked in the head with a baseball, but that's different. So let, let's start with, why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of what your practice is and, and, and what, uh, what you do every day. Yeah, even before he got hit in the head and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh gosh, um, take, take us yeah, the, the, the journey started. Uh, we'll rewind a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. Like you, I um, you know super interested in um, you know the rubrics between uh, you know what we can do on a nutritional level, um, sleep to to increase performance, uh, especially in sports that I was playing and. Um, you know, I was trying various hacks, you know, back in the day before, you know, people were even talking about hacks. Um, but, you know, it just kind of makes sense. Like, you know, how, how can we get better at our sport, not just with the, you know, the work that we put in, but, you know, are there other things that can give us that competitive advantage? So absolutely. Um, I, I was really interested in, um, in nutrition. And so that was a key element. Um, and uh, so I, uh, Fast forward, and when I got to college, I, you know, sought a degree in, sure. in nutritional science, and um, and then you know the all the biology and and everything that went along with that, um, and so that parlayed into um, you know learning more about um, you know how to train people in a world of fitness, and I spent a long time in the fitness realm of uh, training individuals and athletes for you know performance. Um, but I saw that, you know, people will get injured and it, you know, the, the traditional ways of, of injury prevention wasn't always quite there. Um, and, uh, you know, that sort of lag of, you know, getting results and, and being set back with injuries, um, my own included was, yeah. was, was rather annoying. Um, and so that, that catapulted me into the, the realm of uh, in treatment. So, that's so, so what was your, what was the injury that you had or that you sustained that? Yeah, two major ones. Uh, I was, uh, I was bike riding down at the Jersey shore and uh, my, well, my brother had stolen my bike and I got on his bike and we were riding around and uh, you know, I didn't quite, we weren't trying to play chicken. Okay. But that's what it does. Never, I would say that's never. <laughs> and you know, fast forward, rewind back to that that moment of, I just thought he was going to turn, yeah. and he thought I was going to turn, and so over the handlebars we went, and I in midair, I still remember, I was like, yeah, I I got this. <laughs> I'm just going to tuck. You got know, this. I got this. Tuck and roll. Yeah, you yeah. know, that's what you do. <laughs> and uh, you know, shattered my collarbone in three places, and uh, you know. I knew at the moment, like I wasn't quite sure what was wrong. Sure. But I said to my brother, I was like, "Hey, are you okay?" He said, "Yeah, I'm okay. Are you okay?" And I was like, "I want to say yes, but, but it's really a no. <laughs> it was not." And so, um, you know that that laid the foundation of just like 
you know, dealing with a shoulder that wasn't quite right. I never did rehab at that time, and that wasn't even proposed to me. So I was gonna say I don't. We're about the same age. I don't think that was much of a thing unless you were truly a professional athlete. Was rehab? I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, or like you have to learn to walk again from you know something. Yeah, exactly. Major, a major traumatic yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, you know, something like you know on the personal side too. Like I, when I was in college, I played lacrosse for a, a couple semesters and. Um, I broke into my knee and got a concussion. So, brain. <laughs> um, but, but there was no because it was the club sport. There was really no. I had to go seek treatment on my own. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a like a team physician or someone that said, "Hey, do this regimen." Um, so it was fascinating that, you know, a, a Division One sport, be it not funded, but just said figure it out yeah um so i I can totally kind of resonate with that i think that's that's an interesting thing so yeah it's because it's a fascinating thing and now so let's fast forward to kind of what you're doing now Mm -hmm. in terms of the the massages the mind body connection Mm -hmm. um maybe you could just use a specific example of when i got knocked in the head Uh, but like what what practice that is and how does that work yeah um let's go a high level yeah let's do it (laughs) please yeah please a little bit more specific um so I, I integrate, so the, the, my business is SF San, San Francisco Integrative Massage. And so in that integration is, is using manual techniques, uh, soft tissue work, if you will, um, along with neurological treatments. And so the neurological treatment that I use is, is kind of a specialty that is, um, really does connect not only the mind, but the brain and the nervous system and how that integrates with, um, you know, how we can access movement. Um, and so both wildly helpful. Um, the, the, the neurological work is, is wildly powerful though. I, I mean, I called it magic. So you yeah. have a way better. Than yes. That. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it, and it seems like, you know, magic or yeah. wizardry, you know, if you, you know, if you're looking in from afar, it's, it's, you know, often people will say, um, you know, what is it like, you know, it's linking in terms of how we think is, okay, it's, it's, is it like this or like that? And the building blocks of, uh, you know, how we can conceptualize things. And, you know, is it like chiropractic? Uh, no, maybe not really. Right. Uh, acupuncture, maybe some elements that seem similar. Um, you know, we work with meridians and various things like that. But, um, so the work is called proprioceptive. deep tendon reflex so proprioceptive DTR the DTR is what we use as a a reset Um, and this is the work of uh, Dr. Jose Palomar and he's an orthopedic surgeon and he like me was looking for other options like something else and you know if you look at when we got injured back you know in the day um, and the after the you know, if there's surgery, if there's, you know, whatever is done um, from that standpoint to kind of fix us, the, the, the hardware, if you will, yeah. um, beyond that physical therapy, you know, great massage, you know, chiropractic, maybe more recently, especially. Um, but there, there hasn't really been an advancement that much. And so there's a lot of like biohacking out there. Sure. This to me is really sort of the cutting edge biohacking um, that when it, it came across, you know, somebody did it on, performed it on me for therapy, and um, I was blown away. I, you know, I was having at the time I was having some lower back pain, and yeah. 
um, a colleague of mine, we were doing a trade and, uh, you know, it's doing traditional, like, okay, let's work on this, let's work on that. Nothing was really changing it. Sure. And felt really unstable, my lumbar pelvic area. Um, he's like, well, let me try this out. He had learned this technique yeah. and the sort of early formation of it. He's like, oh, let me just try this if you're open to it. I was like, yeah, totally game. So um, he used the technique. It's just very gentle, you know, yeah. some stimulus, use yeah. the reflex. And, you know, with that, it's not this like somatic, like, oh, that hurts really good. You get to the other side and you're like, all right, after that, the dust settles, you just feel better. There was nothing to that. It was like, I was like, literally, I was like, okay, did you even do anything? Well, and, and that's interesting because that was kind of my first experience although you know i i kind of felt it like almost a placebo maybe it was just a placebo right away you said it takes about 24 hours to kind of kick in um but yeah it, it's not the like dig in you feel like pain like i remember when uh when i was in college and i, I did a uh there was this it was a physical therapy on my back and there was this big ex-football player that just I mean, literally took his elbow and just dug it into my back to get all the knots out. And we call that, that the Hulk smash. <laughs> and, oh, absolutely. Hulk right. smashed. Right. Um, and, and you leave with an instant gratification of like relaxed muscles because they were so tense. But yeah. it, to your point, like it doesn't, it kind of ends there. It's almost like instant gratification that doesn't quite have that long-term impact. Um, you know, there's the, um, all this other stuff that you're seeing now with these TikTok influencers instagram of like the ice baths and taping your mouth shut and like all this other like different types of diet hacks and you know drinking only liquids or whatever it is um but I, in a way those all have their own merits but in a way those are quick fixes if you will hmm. um to kind of your approach and what you're doing and, and i'm a big fan of it I, i'm a firm believer when uh when I had that first session, I kept, I just keep coming back. Um, so I think well, let's talk a little bit about like one of the other issues that I've haven't dove into a lot on this podcast, but, but is front of mind, uh, which is just anxiety mm -hmm. and just overall stress in life. Um, how do you approach that in your practice and what do you recommend for your, your patients? Yeah. So, um, my scope of practice is is body work so yeah. musculoskeletal yeah. things like that um can people have benefit from the work um beyond just you know me for me referring them out to uh, a licensed marriage family therapist yeah. or you know a social worker something like that uh absolutely and um so the you know the the stress that we deal with psychological type stresses um you know, can be overwhelming. And if we can dial down that like buzzing of the nervous system, um, that can be wildly helpful for just being able to deal with things. It, yeah. You know, if you were, <laughs> you can imagine like, you know, your kids are like, you know, dad, 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 you know. Oh, I don't have to imagine that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was this morning. <laughs> yeah, right. And, um, you know, you may be able to deal with that pretty well on most days, but you know, say someone comes along and they're just start jabbing you with a fork. Yeah. That's pretty annoying. Yeah. And then is it, you know, that much harder to deal with another, you know, psychological or emotional stress? Sure. Absolutely. So um, as we can, you know, work with the nervous system, dial that down, 
and help the system to sort of recalibrate um, and get to a place where it's just like you're feeling better. Yeah. Um, what does that do? Well, that that increases essentially your threshold for dealing with a- anything. Yeah. You know, whether it's you know physical, uh, mental, anything like that. You know, yeah. the bandwidth that you can. Um, that you can deal with is is that much better yeah um anecdotally i can tell you though that um you know i have seen there are certain responses that uh that that happen on a neurological level when we look at someone we're you're face to face i was gonna say this is this is fascinating we you know when when somebody smiles or frowns for that matter we take those two um we have a neurological response, whether we, we realize it or not. Um, and so, it, you know, we like to be around people. Um, we, we like to have that like interaction and that's generally healthy. Um, there's, there was a study that was done with individuals who um, had Botox on their face. One of the things that people have found that <laughs> when they get Botox on their face is that if they have like depressive sim- symptoms or a sort of a flat affect that those people feel better okay. and it was postulated that um you know is it because it's not so much a like a feedback of like people are making you know frowning faces or you know like yeah. um you know misery like misery likes company and um you know could it be the amplification of that but you know the, the thought is that if they can't make that those particular facial expressions does that sort of shut off from that level back into the brain and and therefore the brain feels a little bit better um and so with with this work that i do um i've worked with a few individuals that um you know were sort of in that case and essentially worked on their face you know worked on the muscles of their face and, and how that works and sure enough they they did show like an abnormal mm, sort of how do i put this uh things were sort of quote unquote dysfunctional okay. yeah, not quite the yeah. normal we need i treated it um checked checked in you know in a few weeks and then a few months and yeah it, you know it, it was actually you know wildly successful for the, the few people i worked with um so you know there could be more research that's in that realm as well yeah. uh seen it with the botox yeah. you know tested it with this uh, so it's, it's actually a fascinating. I, I mean, I mean, it is. I, I, I recommend anyone who is listening to this to go up to anybody today, and and smile and see what happens. They're going to smile right back. Just, just influx, right? Just just kind of reaction, um, or frown and see. Like they're going to th- that mood will be persistent in in what you're doing at that moment. Um, yeah, it's just really it's really. It was fascinating when you did it for the first time because you didn't tell me it. <laughs> and I just I had this dumb grin on my face. It's just like, well, what did I just do? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but now that, you know, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I totally understand. Yeah. Um, you know, what What else? It, obviously not giving any names, but like what are some other success stories or things that you've seen that you're like, wow, this is, this is really cool. This is fascinating. I've helped this person get over something, grow in, in a different way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, most of the people I see are for pain yeah. and uh, musculoskeletal. Okay. So you know, they have an injury, you know, oh, my shoulder hurts, frozen shoulder, uh, you know, they have a knee, maybe a knee replacement. Um, you know, that's generally the people I see. Um, I do see some outliers, you know, that people have come to me for other neurological type sure. problems. 
one that stands out is a gentleman who he lost his sense of taste okay and uh you know these days we would think from covid uh this particular person he had chemotherapy okay um and most neurologists will tell a patient that it varies a little bit, but somewhere between six months to a year. If it doesn't come back to sense of taste, it's not going to come back. It's just gone. It's gone. And, wow. and yeah, that's like, okay, just give up hope. Uh, so this gentleman, he had lost his sense of taste for two years. And um, yeah, they're like, it's just not going to come back. He couldn't taste anything. That's... And on top of that, it would just be so sad. And and not only would your coffee be sad, uh, anytime he had any beverage besides water, his tongue would sting. So it was like a double whammy. Wow. Okay. Uh, and so he came to see me. He's like, got nothing to lose. Yeah. You know, let's give it a try. And um, so we start treating. And for him, you know, it's it's again on the neurological level. You know, we're testing. The chemicals on the tongue were yeah. the chemicals sweet salty sour bitter mommy things like that yeah. um and so you know put salt on the tongue can you taste that no um and then just treat like that that he may have a response and he did you know we'd have some sort of responses from that you know a little detective work figure out where i need to treat treat it using reflexes uh and then go back and retest okay and so that's generally kind of high level like sort of a protocol of what I did for the most part. Um, after the first session, he couldn't really, there was no change okay. like right away. Um, but similar to you, like sometimes those changes, they sure. it, like opens the gate for healing to yep. happen. Um, and so by the end of the week, it was about five days, seven days, He it, it was about 25% better. Like he could taste things for the first time. Wow. Uh, some things zero, but some things, yeah, just a little hint of it. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, he was, he was very excited. So he obviously came back and, you know, week after week, this is not like a, a silver bullet. Like, yeah. here it is. Yeah, like, right. boom, you flip the switch, everything, okay. lights are on. Crank your neck this way and all yeah, of a sudden it's gone. More like a dimmer that was sure, like, sure. we really, <laughs> you know, pushing that thing. And, um, you know, figured out what was helpful for the sting of the tongue. Um, you know, that was on a little bit more on the nutrient side, like B vitamins. But um, so, yeah, you know, by, you know, at least I give it six months or so. I, I think we continue to treat. We, we continue to treat to the stage. It's kind of fine tune things. But sure. uh, for this past Thanksgiving, he said, I could taste everything like a hundred percent and no sting. Of That's the fantastic. He's, he said, I enjoyed everything and, you know, didn't think it was possible. Right. So it, it, pretty, pretty amazing that to have that sort of impact in someone's life. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, it, it's, it's not a physical pain that you're healing, but it, that, that one, like, like I said, with my morning coffee and I got a cup in front of me right now, like it, it, it would just be sad. Yeah. There, there'd be moments, especially if, if my, if there was a negative reaction, not even if it was just neutral, if there's a negative reaction, um, that would just, that'd be terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you know he he was trying to keep his weight up, uh, you know, and just like eating food was just tastes like nothing. Just there, yeah. yeah. And uh, so yeah, it's pretty exciting to see that you know, he's been moving forward and staying on track. Absolutely. Um, so you know, in terms of kind of, we'll start talking a little bit more about like just the actual physical pain 
that gets resolved and how kind of range of motion and things you do because the thing that we kind of touched upon a little bit earlier and it's kind of fascinating is it's not a hulk smash type approach you you kind of you're very precise with what you're doing it's almost like a scalpel versus a sledgehammer right right um you know when you when you go and you you look at something how do you how do you assess somebody so um say someone comes in and they say you know my my leg hurts carl knee hurts how do you what's the process to like evaluate them mm-hmm. and, and figure out where to kind of push and pull yeah so good question so the um a few things obviously the history is going to going to be wildly important yeah understanding if there was a mechanism of injury um if there was any surgery that needs to be considered um there's a observation even before they sit down uh if possible if i can observe them and see how they're moving the gait um if we're talking about knee or hip um and then as we assess you know there's a an element of, of palpation there's motion palpation which means i'm just trying to get a sense of uh the tension around the joint in various directions yeah. that we're moving uh, moving in moving out rotating and um the the normal ranges of motion and you know what's a normal for them like from one side to the other sure uh and then look thinking about okay what's normal for most people right um and so those are those are helping me to understand and build the the picture of what they need and where the the problem may be okay um you know is it a structural problem meaning for example like uh do they get a certain with provocative sort of motions like do they get a pinching or pain with a certain movement um do i feel clicking or popping or grinding um with motion palpation that gives a sense of um if there there may be something structural sure uh and and always thinking yeah do i need to refer this person out um the 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 next piece of assessment is going to be just how well they stabilize um so the the ability for muscles like besides cognition besides thinking yeah um the brain and the spinal cord the only thing they the only things they do are increase the or decrease the level of muscle activity you can throw glands in there as well but um so that's you know keeping it simple you know how well do the muscles stabilize the area and um you know there's ways that we can get a gauge of you know qualify that so say somebody you know they have a knee injury um and uh, someone just this morning she had a knee injury um checking one side strong easy no problem like all day long (laughs) the other one like nobody was home wow zero so you know we think you know i'm as i apply a little bit of force yeah just give a slight increase in force and i let them know that that's the evaluation um i'm looking to see if they sort of reflexively but um you know with volitional control are they can they hold that limb in that position okay you know as we're walking around like we have ground reaction forces if you're running it's you know three times your body weight you know your your muscles have to be able to reflexively hold you uh and then push off yeah um and if they're not you're probably not gonna be running right no absolutely um the the ability for the muscle to maintain integrity and stability is yeah governed by our system or nervous system and so if there's irritation 
there's sens- sensitization somewhere. Yeah. Maybe in the joint, maybe around, the, maybe the ligaments around there, around the, the, the knee joint, if we're talking about that. Uh, maybe even in the muscles um, or all the above. Yeah. Well, the the body's reaction, this may be one of the reactions that the sure. body's having. And so these patterns of either this where there's instability or the other side of the coin is um, more tension. Sure. And so that extra tension is a compensation. Okay. And so from from a from an athlete's perspective or anyone for that matter, um, you know, we, we often do feel we may feel a sense of discomfort, but we feel, you know, a extra tension. And so yeah. typically we stretch that. And if something is like if you know, you've been sitting here, you know, doing a podcast for an hour, right, like, right. Oh, I need to stand up, stand up and stretch out a little bit. That, yeah. That's normal. Um, but if you need to stretch everything every single day, that's probably because your system's actually putting it there. Yeah. Um, from from your nervous system's perspective, you know, if you're stretching these compensations, essentially, the system's thinking, "Whoa, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> I just, I'm just putting put things back there. in place where right. they should be." Yeah. Got it. So um, it's it's just information. Okay. You know, as for, with the assessment, that's just information, okay. and so then I'll determine, you know, using. Uh, techniques to sort of like down regulate or just turn the volume down on yeah. some of these sensitizations and see that things will improve. Okay. It, that's only short terms, it's yeah. more diagnostic, but um, and then applying treatment to those areas. Yeah. Right away, the strength increases, the range of motion will increase, um, and then the, the pain, which is again just a interpretation of you know irritation and signals, um, they typically get better. Okay. If not right away, then usually with yeah weeks. over time. Yeah. So that's you know it's it's a bit of assessment. Yeah. You know, uh, treating and then reassessment, um, and yeah, generally things will improve. Yeah. Um, and you know there may be layers of that. If an injury is um, five, ten, twenty years old, yeah, just put some more layers. To oh, it absolutely. It's... But you know, if somebody comes in and they have uh, an injury that just happened last week, a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Not as much trauma overall that's been built up between all the compensating, right? If you, if you will, compensating right. on, on whatever whatever limb or yeah. mental capacity it is. Someone just said to me, they said, you know, it's, it's funny how you know, you'll get a elbow injury or shoulder injury or whatever injury, and then all of a sudden you have another one and another one. Yeah. And are they all related? It, there might be, yeah. and you know, it, some injuries can become more systemic in that way. Sure. Um, compensation patterns. You know, if you think about like you play a lot of baseball, like you know, Roger Clemens is a key example. You know, everyone's looking at Roger Clemens, and you know, he's having, yeah, I think he had an elbow injury, and they're like, you know, everyone's looking at his elbow. Yeah. But the problem was his glute. Like yeah. it just wasn't like pushing off enough. Yeah. And you know, if you look at the kinetic chain. Um, of whatever motion that maybe you're doing very often, you have to look at all pieces of that. So absolutely, no, and, and that makes sense. It's you know you're almost a detective, if you will, in mm-hmm. trying to figure out okay, this is the pain point, but what what's driving that? Is That's it right. yeah? It's 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 really fascinating to me. Um, any tips for people at home that may have either mobility issues or anything to turn that volume down as you say like is there are there things that they could do without your help um obviously 
please check in the show notes. I'm going to put uh, Carl's website on there. Check them out if you're in the Bay Area. Um, but what are some tips that, that you may have for, for someone who's just like, I just need my volume down, turn down, like maybe one or two? Yeah, so there are uh, different types of, of nerves that uh, our body um, takes information in, uh, sensory information. And um, so some of those are, as we move, especially like with a nice warm up, um, you know, if there's something buzzing and a little bit sort of like revved up, um, gentle movement can dial that down. Yeah. And so that's, that is one of the reasons why people feel better when, um, when they have movement, you know, they're like, I just need to move or yeah. I just feel better. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. One yeah. could be, um, that you're, they're just modulating those and, and turning them down a bit. Um, if just a caveat to that, if, yeah. you know, you're doing some sort of motion and it's not feeling better, it's feeling worse, I would not <laughs> try to fight through that. <laughs> that is gonna get worse. But then a lot of the, the traditional things that are out there, they're now more traditional. Uh, if you go back 20 years, no, but um, foam rolling yeah. and uh, Theragun and um, you know, there's certain ways that you can also use, if we're taking those, for example, like using a foam roller with like, uh, it's called more of a myofascial stretch where um, you're like shearing the skin a little bit more mm -hmm. as you're not just the pressure, which yeah. pressure is helpful, um, both into the skin and as well as into the muscle or whatever structure you're on. Um, but if you sort of try and shear, so if you have a foam roller on your thigh, for yeah. example, um, and you're rolling up and down, you can move the, the knee, bend the knee and get a little bit extra stretch on the muscle. That's yeah. one way. Um, or you kind of like, push your body in, a, in a, like without moving the roller, but push your body in a way that the, the skin is a little bit sheer. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that, that can have some added effects and bonuses for you. Very nice. Um, we, we talked about uh, sauna briefly, you mentioned yeah. sauna and, and cold plunge. Um, a few different reasons why they are helpful. Um, I'd say if you were to say between the two, uh, more, more so the sauna. Um, but Thor does cold plunges, so that I means that that's must right. work, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but more the, the sauna, you're saying? Yeah. The the there are different physiological effects. I'm not an expert on those, but sure. Um, the from what I've seen, uh, the sauna is a little bit more of a benefit for like you know aches and pains and things like yeah. that. Yeah. And and just my old school mentality of it gets all the toxins out, right? So it gets the kind of the bad sweat out yeah. uh, from a night out or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's, that's fascinating. Um, well, this has been amazing, Carl. Thank you so much. I think uh, I've learned a bit. I always learn when I talk to you. So um, let's let's do this again. Um, so thank you, everyone. Um, and to learn more about what Carl does and to get in touch with him to book an appointment, um, just look at the show notes and um, look him up.